right now in the studio with me, Pakilao or Aotearoa Manase Lua, Deputy Chair of the Aotearoa Tongan Response Group. Hundreds of REC workers have been impacted by Cyclone Gabrielle in Tairawhiti and Hawke's Bay. You may have seen the images in the past few days of them stranded on the roofs of their accommodation within orchards using mattresses and fridges to navigate the floodwaters. Thank you for joining me this evening. Malo Alpito Pakilao, welcoming, uh, well, welcoming you out of what you've been doing this evening and for the past few days, which is preparing to head down to Hawke's Bay. Mm. But you're here with us tonight in the studio in Auckland. Good mm. evening. Kia ora and talofa, Susanna. It's great to be here. Where do we start? Good question. Um, the devastation in the Hawke's Bay, you know, everyone's seen the, the pictures. It's just um, frightening. Um, having kind of surveyed through all the social media posts and the images that have come through the news, it's just it's just alarming to see how much the flooding is impacted on people. And, um, yeah, you fear the worst for those that haven't been contacted yet as well. Luckily, um, the, most of the RSC workers have been um, found, located, or apparently they're all okay. So that's um, good news on that front. Yeah. Now, let's focus on your role. You're the Deputy Chair of the Aotearoa Tonga Response Group. And the Aotearoa Tonga Response Group was founded last January mm. 2022 uh, in response to the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai eruption and the ensuing tsunami and the devastation there. So could you talk about the group first and then we can understand how mm. it is that you're heading down to Napier? That's right. Um, last year, as you know, in January the 15th, I think the um, massive eruption in Tonga um, occurred and it basically impacted all of the Tongans around the world in the diaspora. Uh, we were cut off from all communications. And rather than sit on our hands and wonder what happened, you know, um, we decided to act. And so a group of Tongan leaders, including uh, MP Anahila and also um, Honourable Jenny Salesa and others formed a committee called the Aotearoa Tonga Response Committee. And we um, found a place at Mount Smart thanks to support from Auckland Council and uh, to cut a long story short we sent 90 containers of relief aid back to Tonga Over a period of a matter month. of weeks, a yeah, month, yeah. month About a month, yeah um, You know, we we saw the need um, and our, our communities felt helpless because you know, rather than just um, sit there without having any communications home we felt that um, it's probably best to mobilise and get them to put family-to-family -family aid through. Um, so we allowed each family to come with a 44-gallon drum worth of food, non-perishables and things like that, water. And, um, yeah, it, it just basically the response was overwhelming. And not, not just Tongans. We had Samoans, Fijians, Cook Islanders come through, everyday Kiwis. It was so humbling to see the response. It was amazing. So the Aotearoa Tonga Response Group has stayed intact yep. and you have most recently here in Auckland been responding to the unfathomable rain that we had. Well, mm. It's now three mm. weeks ago today, isn't it? That's right. And um, we, again, uh, surveyed what was happening on the ground and we 
wanted to respond in a way that helped our communities the most, and we felt that taking the rubbish away from the fronts of their homes would be the best way to do that. So we, over the long weekend, Waitangi weekend, uh, Saturday and the Monday of the holiday, we basically cleared 55 homes uh, of all their rubbish. So we didn't just stack it outside on their lawn. We actually removed it completely, took it to the dumps, involved about 60 volunteers, four trucks and a couple of trailers. So, yeah, that was our little contribution to supporting our Tongan communities. But we helped non-Tongans, our Pasifika, cousins, Samoans, anyone who needed help, really. So now here we are in the aftermath of Cyclone Gabriel weather-wise. What are you seeing and what are you planning to do? What are you about to do? Or what are you doing? Let's just start there. Yeah, our our, um, committee, you know, we we thought long and hard. You know, we know services are stretched everywhere in Hawke's Bay. Uh, We know that our communities are struggling to get food, um, basics, necessities of life, food, water, you know, you name it, they're out of power. So, um, again, we feel there's a role for us, uh, particularly to support our RSE Tongans who were there. Um, we don't want to be a added burden, so we've we've got our own resources that we're taking with us. And um, luckily, the provider that sheltered our committee is a provider that I'm a part of as well, called Akihuho, which is the Aotearoa Tongan Health Workers Association. Um, and um, this organisation is headed by a gentleman called Makapailate, who's the CE. He and I um, and one other person are heading out tomorrow morning to Napier, and we're going to look to set up a hub to support our RSC workers um, and also to provide support wherever we need it. What's the hub going to include? Um, Communications, logistics. um, This is some of the learnings we've had from previous um, community-led engagements um, like the volcanic eruption, um, but also the work we did recently with cleaning up the rubbish and stuff in in South Auckland. So we're taking the um, skills that we all bring and working together with those on the ground. And there are other groups coming through from Auckland as well. I understand Siaola will be there and other um, Pacific Futures are taking a big team of clinicians and health workers down there. So there'll be a, a, a lot of um, boots on the ground, but again, there, need, there is a need to be coordinated as well. And so will all of the groups that you've named be together with you in the same hub? No, my understanding is that there will be um, some who will be based in Hastings, some in Napier. So we'll be landing in Napier and we'll be looking at options on whether to base our, our hub in Napier or cross over to, to Hastings. My understanding is that the, the roads are not too great and we don't want to um, add any additional burden on the infrastructure either so you know we we just want to go in there and scope the situation out assess what's best and if we need to be based in Napier we will be we understand there are 77 Tongan RSE workers in Napier but about 100 in Hastings so there are more Tongan RSE workers stranded in Hastings. I'm just going to pause us there while I actually because you made a really good point and I have got an update on roads we'll go to this update on roads and then I'll come back to you. Thank you so much, Pakilao. Uh, Auckland Transport has launched a new website which provides updates on road closures around Auckland. Go to at.govt forward slash 
road repairs, or one word lowercase, at.govt forward slash road repairs. We understand many of you can't access the internet currently, so here are the key messages from Auckland Transport around closed roads, followed by the latest on West Auckland road closures. Of course, I'm sitting here with Pakilao and we're talking about road closures in Hawke's Bay, and we'll endeavour to have that updated before I finish tonight. Uh, and I understand the team's doing that now, so it may be in the next hour or in the final hour between 11. As soon as I have it, I'll share it. So here's an update on West Auckland Road closures. Bethel's Road, Bethel's Beach, lane closed. Birdwood Road, Waitakere, now open. Cashin Road, Waitakere, now open. Candia Road, Henderson Valley, now open. Connaught Street, Blockhouse Bay, now open. Forest Hill Road, Waiatarua, closed. K Road, Waitakere closed. Karekare Road, Piha closed. Kelly's Road, Oratia, Waiatarua closed. Kohu Road, Titirangi closed. Latrobe Track, Piha closed. Lone Kauri Road, Piha closed. Mountain Road, Henderson Valley closed. Pendrel Road, Piha closed. Residents only. Piha Road, Piha closed. Scenic Drive between 420 Scenic Drive and Forest Hill Road closed. Scenic Drive Swanson between Rangimarie Road and Puketaha Road closed. Closed in both directions, so both ways that's closed. Scenic Drive Titirangi Shore Road to West Coast Road closed. Scenic Drive Waiatarua from the Arataki Visitor Centre to 396 Scenic Drive closed in both directions. Seaview Road Piha closed. Nine Takahe Road Titirangi one lane stop and go. Tihenga Road near Bethel's Road, Bethel's Beach Tihenga lane closed, priority give way. Tūranga Road, Henderson Valley, closed, and 32 Woodbay Road, Titirangi, closed in both, well actually that should be just Woodbay Road, Titirangi, closed in both directions. RNZ National at 17 minutes past nine. I'm joined in the studio tonight by Pakilao or Aotearoa Manase Lua, who is the Deputy Chair of the Aotearoa Tonga Response Group, and they are on their way from Auckland to Napier in the morning. Pakilao, let's talk about the hub and the services that are going to be available there. Let's also talk about very simple things, but they're complex because of language difference. That, that's right. I mean, um, you've hit it right on the nail. We're, we're taking an ethnic-specific approach. We find um, it's best to deal with your own communities because it gives them the reassurance. One, there's the language barrier. Two, there's also an, uh, a familiarity with cultural issues. But also there are um, hierarchical differences between the different Pacific cultures. And, and so what we're hoping to bring is some leadership in terms of our com- communities there, but the Tongans in particular. However, we're there to also support our Pacifica, other Pacifica cousins if they need it. So the hub is um, predominantly to help um, liaise and mobilise and put logistics together to support our Tongan communities there, particularly the RSE boys, but also eventually to maybe look at how we can address the um, employment needs of these boys because they can't work in the orchards obviously and that's going to be a long-term impact so perhaps they could be um, 
employed cleaning up. There's going to be a lot of cleanup required. These guys are fit, healthy, strong. They could do a lot of the cleanup work, and that's what we can do is to support that, talk to their handlers and the officials, you know, whoever they are, to perhaps facilitate that. And um, that's why the ATRG are down there. We've got experience. We've got some track record in doing that. And we're also people with um, contacts that we can um, mobilise when we need them. ATRG, meaning Aotearoa Tonga Response, Response Group. yes, sorry. No, no, don't say sorry, it's all good. <laughs> We're just so sensitive to the fact that yeah. some people are just listening in and also, yeah, it's good. It's good to spell stuff out. You touched on an interesting point around hierarchical difference. Could, could you expand on that a little bit more if people don't quite follow what you mean? Sure. I mean, uh, for us Tongans, uh, I guess we're, we're a little bit more centralised in our um, social structures. So um, back home, we obviously have a um, uh, more of a vertical uh, social society where, you know, we have our chiefs and the, the royal family at the top, and then you've got talking chiefs and um, the rest of our population. And, and that's how our uh, culture has evolved over the last um, few millennia. So that's what we're bringing is some awareness of how that works, but also the context of New Zealand. So we, we also know what um, the environment here is like. Uh, and with all of that and our own um, you know, expertise in terms of the work we do in our daily lives. Um, for instance, Maka uh, used to work in the railways and worked as a manager there, often dealing with um, high-stress environments, um, you know, train accidents, that sort of thing. So he comes with that experience. He was also the site manager at Mount Smart when we put together the 90 containers for Tonga's volcanic relief last year. Um, so we bring that experience. Uh, I work in the mental health and disability area. Others of our team are clinicians. Um, they're also social workers. So we can bring all that in, and they're Tongan. So the language barrier, that's not an issue. Um, you know, familiarity with our own communities, that's not an issue. So that's what we're bringing is an ethnic-specific um, approach to dealing with this thing, as we did with the vaccination drives in 2021, 20, 22. Very successful, you know. Um, also the uh, disaster, the recent disaster relief. We're, we're a number of days in now, uh, and thank you for explaining that detail because we can't really explain detail too mm. much. Many of us have seen the images of the Tongan REC workers. There's also been Samoan mm. REC workers and images of them too, but specifically the Tongan REC workers who were on the tops of their uh, accommodation cabins, yep. which appeared to be quite centrally located inside an orchard. When you saw that, what was your thoughts over the hours that ensued around how they were cared for? Because, of course, remembering this is Aotearoa New Zealand, mm. REC workers are the nationals of the countries that contribute mm. to the REC workers to our workforce requirements here. And we've been hearing this conversation mm. for years now because of the impact of the pandemic and the, the halting of the flow of REC workers. And what were your thoughts when you, when you saw them on the top of those cabins? To be honest, my first reaction was horror because I was thinking to myself, um, you know, these guys don't realise the danger they're in. You know, they were mucking around and as most uh, young Polynesian men, they were trying to make light of a situation 
you know, um, some of them were in the water swimming, some were floating on a mattress. But I think what they didn't realise and what dawned on them hours later was that they're actually in a grave danger because the water was rising, it was already up to close to the roof of the accommodation. Um, I mean, it was just a, you know, um, uh, God's grace that they that water hadn't risen while they were asleep. I'm sure there would have been many fatalities. So, you know, luckily it um, arose while they were still awake in the morning. They were able to get onto the roof. So it was just horrible seeing that. Um, So, you know, you feel helpless, you know. Um, So all you could do was respond to to the young fella who put up the live Facebook stream and put in some comments just to say, look, hang in there, Uh, help will come. Knowing full well that... um, you know, resources are stretched. Uh, emergency services—they uh, have to respond to you know countless other cases. So it, it felt like they were a bit abandoned there, to be honest. You know, I'm thinking, you know, where are the um, employers? Uh, where's the pastoral care? You know, it just felt like they were dumped in the compound and just left to their own devices. That's what it looked like from outside, and so that was the concern. Let's try and help them out. Many of us um, have seen those images and also other images. I, I myself, my first cousin's son, who's in his early 20s, is one of the Samoan RSE workers down in Hastings. And uh, I was relieved to get a message from him mm. saying, uh, quote, helicopter came to save us. Yeah. Um, it's nice. This is a nice moment to share with our listeners how social media, especially Facebook, Mm. is a really vital way within our communities between the islands and here and within our communities here in Aotearoa, Mm. New Zealand, that we communicate. Yep, absolutely. And it was heartbreaking seeing all the comments from families back home um, really worried and, you know, sending prayers and thoughts on the comments. You know, it went up to about 1,000, nearly 2,000 comments and it had been shared hundreds of times. Um, People had been viewing it from all over the place, particularly back home in Tonga. So you can imagine um, families there were wondering when are they going to be rescued. These guys were on the roof from about nine o'clock in the morning to probably about four o'clock. You know, they were there for a long time. Um, and, and this is no criticism of emergency services and the rescue team. They they were heroes. Um, it's more around the decision-making behind the scenes. You know, how do you they prioritise who gets rescued and who doesn't? That's what I'd like to know. And uh, what are the contingencies for those... Um, big groups of RSE workers all in one compound, you know. If you've got 30 people on one roof that could be easily located and and taken away, and then you've got a farmer um, trapped in his house somewhere further down, who do you rescue first? You know, that that, that kind of thing. Um, Who makes those decisions? And um, that's something that that, that would be really good to look at. And, And, you know, probably the best time now is to focus on the huge devastation and let's focus on supporting and helping those communities. But we also need to learn from this. Logistics is something that the Aotearoa Tonga Response Group, as you've pointed out and also demonstrated, uh, is central to your practice and the way that you come together and the way that you work. Mm. Um, and RSE workers are not the only Pacifica mm. community members in the areas that have been seriously impacted by Cyclone Gabriel. Speaking and thinking about the wider Pacifica communities, mm. what are you going to be looking for what is the detail that's missing right now? And, of course, I'm framing all of this with a great sensitivity because connection is down. So we're all working with mm. the little bits that we have. 
look, um, I I have to be honest here. We, we are going in here a little bit, making it up as we go because we we're not there on the ground. We are getting some logistics as we as we um, you know head into the um, to ground zero tomorrow. However, um, what we're willing to do is to scope up what's there. Um, find out from the leaders that are there. You know, this is also something that we're mindful of. We're Aucklanders going to Hawke's Bay. Very mindful that that there are communities there that have been there a long time. And, and it's not about us coming there to dictate or to tell them what to do. It's about us coming in there and supporting. Um, we see our fellow um, cousins there, our brothers and sisters who need help, and that's what we're doing is going there to offer help. Uh, I guess the first thing is to listen and ask what, what needs to happen and to utilise the skills and the experience we've had in Auckland with um, our, our communities there. The other thing that I mentioned earlier about the cultural stuff, there are also um, advantages of having an outside group that is apolitical, it's non-religious based, it's totally community driven. So it's not a church group because it's made up of Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists, Methodists, uh, Shastonga, Shastonga Hoeki, all sorts of um, people. Um, we, we have people who are, you know, politicians. Um, Anahila is our um, chair. You know, you've got people from all different um, political spectrums as a part of this group. So it's a reflection of the community. It's not a group coming in there from one particular segment. These are Tongans from the community. It's community-led grassroots roots coming in there. And I think what we need to do is demonstrate working together as a community. The agencies are not the community. They are there to support the community. So what I'm saying is don't don't um, repeat what we experienced in the past. We're, we're providers and crown agencies come in there and dictate to the communities. Listen to the communities. We're going in there to listen to the locals, work with the locals, and then tell the agencies what's needed. That's how it works. For Tongan-speaking listeners, what would you like to say? Kore Malo au pito pakilao aotearoa. Ofalahiatu. Malo. Thank you very much for your time tonight and wishing you all the very best and looking forward to keeping in touch with you in the days to come. Thank you, Susan. Thank Malo. you too.